Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to our virtual event today. This is Aaron Goldberg. I'm a contributing editor for IDG, and I'll be your moderator today. And we're going to talk about how to keep mobile threats at bay. As mobile devices proliferate and become more powerful, the need to truly secure these devices against a range of existing and emerging threats has taken center stage. A recent IDC survey shows that nearly half of all organizations have experienced compliance or other issues during recent deployments of mobile solutions. New threat actors, including organized crime and state-approved hackers or state-sponsored hackers, are creating new exploits on a regular basis. Today we'll learn more about how a comprehensive security solution is essential and how cloud can be used to provide security solutions that reduce complexity and improve visibility and control. To help us today, we have two experts on our panel. Robert Westervelt is Research Manager, Information Security at IDC, and Michael Shaloff is Head of Mobility Product Management at Checkpoint. These presentations will provide us with a great deal of actionable information that you can use to make the best decisions for your organization. But before we get started, there's just a couple of things I'd like to bring up, and there are ways to maximize the benefits you're going to get from this webinar. First, at any time, you can ask a question or make a comment using your Ask a Question feature on the console. We'll get to these questions during our live Q&A at the end of the event, and the good news is if we don't get to your question live, we'll get back to you with an email response. Also, I believe it's a very important best practice to download a copy of the presentation today. It's a great place to take notes. It's a persistent reminder of the event. And more importantly, you can share that with the peers in the organization that you work for so everybody gets the benefit. And finally, I'd like to remind you that there is more valuable information under the Downloads button on your console, so do take advantage of that. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Checkpoint, for making today's event possible, and I'd like to welcome both our speakers. And with that, I'll turn it over to our first speaker, and we'll get started on today's agenda. Thanks very much, Aaron. I'm Rob Westervelt. Uh, I'm a uh, research manager at IDC, and uh, thank you all for uh, attending this webinar today on how to keep mobile threats at bay. Uh, in today's webinar, you know, we'll spend some time examining some of the latest mobile security trends and, and taking a look at what factors are contributing to the, uh, the increased risks posed by mobile devices and applications. Uh, and finally, Michael and I uh, will talk about how enterprises are uh, mitigating mobile security risks. And of course, uh, if there's time, uh, we'll answer as many of, of your questions as we can. But uh, first, let's turn it back over to uh, to John, uh, or to Aaron, rather, for our first uh, poll question today. Aaron? Thanks very much, Rob. And I'd like to uh, bring up our first poll question for the audience. And it's a very straightforward one, is has your organization experienced a security incident on a mobile device? And of course, answers are not tied to any individual, so you can answer with, with impunity. It's either, yes, we've experienced a breach on a mobile device, I'm not sure if we've experienced a breach on a mobile device, or no, we have not. You know, this really seems to be the starting point for many organizations in terms of where a lot of threats come in and, and you know, a lot of uh, different exploits are sent through mobile. There's uh, so many new methods that people are using. So clearly we're seeing a situation where uh, organizations just have to be careful at all times. So I'd like to uh, show the audience our poll results. And the poll results are actually pretty interesting, which is, you know, a few people have experienced it, but so many are not sure. Rob, is this consistent with what you're seeing, the kind of the, the lack of... Um, 
certainty as to if the mobile devices have ever laid, have been the cause of a breach? Yeah, absolutely, and and th there's a reason for that. And you know, we've seen some reports out there as well that that show that uh, you know mobile it may not even be a factor in uh, data breaches, but. The issue here is that uh, there's a, a real lack of visibility uh, into uh, uh, mobile devices and, uh, and as an attack avenue uh, to get, for an attacker to get into the, uh, the corporate network. Um, we know that uh, account credentials uh, are uh, where it's at. That's what the attackers are going for. Uh, and uh, we know that they've used mobile devices uh, to get at those account credentials. So even though uh, there's been little visibility uh, and it's unclear whether, you know, how, uh, how much mobile devices play into uh, security incidents uh, at the moment, uh, once we gain, I think, some more increased visibility into these platforms, um, I think we're likely to hear more about uh, their potential and the role they play in data breaches and, uh, and security incidents for sure. And with that, let's uh, let's move on to uh, some of the uh, the issues here that uh, uh, that I'd like to speak speak to today. And, you know, first is uh, uh, focus on uh, you know we're seeing all this focus on mobile security now, and and there are a variety of reasons, uh, uh, and most of them are uh, external factors. Uh, the adoption of SaaS services, for example, and the fact that uh, mobile devices are are being used. Uh, as a uh, as a mechanism, uh, authentication mechanism uh, to gain access to SaaS SaaS services has uh, raised concern in the security community. Um, big data projects and Internet of Things. Uh, this is an area that's expected to grow significantly, and as a result, um, you know the focus is on uh, the focus on embedded systems and sensor technology. You know, uh, in some cases, uh, you know they will interact. Or be controlled through mobile applications, you know, raising the uh, the uh, attack surface of mobile devices. Uh, mobile payments. Look, mobile payments, uh, mobile devices, and, and wearables are uh, be being increasingly used to pay for goods and services. Uh, the good news is that uh, security protections uh, on the device are being leveraged to to protect the uh, the payment transactions. The bad news is that uh, you know, as more and more people uh, pay for goods and services through their mobile device, it becomes a more attractive target uh, to financially motivated cyber criminals. Uh, and finally, uh, you see with uh, this uh, digitization uh, trends, excuse me, uh, uh, you, you see here that uh, uh, basically uh, this is about the supply chain. And yes, you may not hear too much about the critical nature of, uh, of the supply chain and how it seems to be a growing attack surface for criminal groups and, and even corporate espionage, but IDC believes cloud and, and big data projects associated with uh, with manufacturing, for example, and other industries, uh, is driving interest in ways to make the supply chain more efficient, right? Uh, and even driving manufacturers to collect more data to address issues, um, uh, and that is resulting in uh, uh, more mobile device use. So they're seeking to improve material tracking, for example, and traceability uh, and, and improve work and process management through mobile solutions. So again, mobile, the mobile attack surface is rising. And uh, uh, IDC believes that, uh, that supply chain improvements are a significant part of uh, uh, enterprise digital 
transformation at the moment. In other words, you know, businesses here are collecting massive amounts of data and applying analytics here to make uh, key business decisions and, and, and get even closer to the customer. Um, and that's driving interest in mobile solutions, IoT and big data components, and it's all for predictive analytics. And um, it's also driving uh, increased reliance on mobile devices, which increases in turn uh, mobile, uh, the mobile device attack surface. Uh, and so this is a snapshot uh, of our latest mobile security market forecast that was uh, published just last month. And uh, IDC projects uh, a significant spending on mobile security through 2020. Um, and we know now that uh, it's, it's clear that the focus here is on measures to mitigate uh, more substantial threats uh, associated with mobile device use. Uh, there's an increased spending on anti-malware and intrusion prevention-like products. Uh, enterprise CISOs are, are also looking for ways to uh, extend their traditional on-premises policies uh, to uh, enforce them on, on mobile device users as well. It's been a, it's been a key challenge uh, that they're addressing now. Um, and then what I, uh, the one big takeaway that I want you to, uh, to get across today is that there's been this shift away from securing the device itself to data protection and application security. And we'll explore why that shift uh, has happened in a moment. Um, there's definitely interest in uh, encryption, data loss prevention, uh, virtual data partitioning, even containerization to protect sensitive data on mobile devices. Uh, and uh, you know, we're tracking this increase in, in adoption and encryption of data protect, and some of it actually may be driven by the European Union, the EU General uh, Data Protection Regulation, the GDPR. Um, and, and that's because, you know, in, in poll after poll, it's clear to us that uh, compliance remains a major way. Uh, CISOs and other IT uh, personnel that uh, are in buying decision uh, positions uh, can get budget allocated for security projects. So uh, the new uh, regulations may uh, create uh, further demand for companies that are uh, suddenly regulated under the GDPR and, uh, and wish to avoid any fines uh, that are associated uh, with actually being uh, uh, non-compliant. Um, very brief, briefly with, uh, with this slide, it, uh, uh, you know, all this activity uh, that I mentioned uh, really results in a significant increase in the uh, mobile attack surface. And uh, this slide sums it up, uh, rising SaaS adoption, uh, wearables and even ongoing uh, Internet of Things initiatives in manufacturing and industrial and business operations, they all combine to drive a, a significant reliance on mobile applications uh, for data collection and dissemination. Uh, and it's all about uh, connecting the processes. Uh, and, and some of these processes have never been connected to the network or the Internet before. And um, mobile seems to serve as that catalyst uh, uh, or the agent uh, for this connectivity. And uh, this is why we're seeing significant security risks ahead. And you know, here's here's just one of a, of a number of surveys that we conducted recently. That that and this one was focused squarely on mobile enterprise, uh, um, basically uh, enterprise adoption of mobile security solutions, not to consumer. Uh, and uh, it helps validate our projections uh, and trends and, that uh, we're seeing. And so. Uh, security concerns really uh, uh, are only about uh, uh, lost and stolen mobile devices. Well, well, that was in the past. 
lost and stolen mobile devices um, are still an issue, uh, and they've been at the top of the list of concerns for years, but uh, our surveys show that that's no longer the case. Uh, if you take a look here, uh, and I, I apologize for this small type, but uh, response told us that uh, basic security controls that are, that are in place to protect mobile devices just not, no longer enough. Uh, enterprises, they, they want to gain control and visibility uh, over employee use of personal mobile devices now more than ever before and um, because they're accessing company resources and uh, manipulating corporate data now uh, on their uh, mobile devices, no longer just about uh, email access. Uh, uh, next slide, please. And here are some of the key findings uh, uh, from the survey, uh, and this was uh, a, a worldwide survey, I believe, of uh, CISOs, CIOs, and IT security personnel. And um, data encryption is uh, certainly an issue. Uh, some organizations, almost 20% uh, uh, of them, lack a mechanism to ensure uh, that uh, data is encrypted before it's transmitted from a mobile device. And uh, user authentication is a problem. You know, 22% uh, of respondents told us that they're, they're simply lacking ways to authenticate users um, before an employee mobile device transmits data uh, to corporate resources. It's a big issue. Um, mobile device scanning and document capture uh, is certainly a growing concern. Uh, and, and finally, uh, perhaps the biggest finding, uh, mobile security appears to continue to be siloed. Uh, in many cases, you know, enterprise security teams say that uh, mobile security has largely uh, been disconnected uh, from the rest of the IT security architecture. And that, that really gets at the crux of the, uh, the lack of visibility I was talking about associated with data breaches and security incidents and mobile devices. Uh, if, if mobile security is siloed, uh, there really is a uh, significant uh, barrier there or lack of visibility there into uh, uh, how attackers uh, uh, leverage mobile uh, to get into the corporate network. Um, and this di uh, disconnection, as I said, makes it, makes it really difficult. Um, incident responders have trouble tracing the full extent of a security incident. Um, and mobile access uh, and use is very likely, uh, um, as I said, one of the disassociated causes of data breaches in the first place because we know that account credentials um, are, uh, are pretty uh, pretty significant uh, when it comes to data breaches. And I mentioned that uh, the focus on mobile security is shifting from the, secure, the device and user uh, to the applications and data. And uh, here's why. Look, enterprise mobile applications, they're being uh, adopted because uh, it's relatively inexpensive. Uh, there's a growing interest in providing a broader set of mobility tools for, for, for uh, professional workers, um, for sales teams, uh, and even for uh, telecommuters, as you see there. Uh, and the message here is uh, about mobile security is definitely being heard, uh, and the most important factor uh, in evaluating some of these mobile enterprise applications to support big data, IoT, and, and other initiatives is security. Uh, interoperability is also uh, an important factor in the evaluation process as well. And, uh, you know, interoperability means that uh, the mobile apps have to communicate uh, properly uh, in, uh, in bi-directional communication uh, in both directions uh, with the corporate IT infrastructure. And, uh, 
you know, these are tools and applications that organizations have already invested in. So that interoperability is very important. And uh, mobile adoption here is about improving uh, the uh, existing investments uh, that you already have uh, in your environment. And uh, I think security plays a role here in uh, reducing uh, the risk of uh, introducing another access point uh, to attackers and uh, you know, interoperating with the IT security infrastructure as well, extremely, extremely uh, important. Uh, and I'm going to go through uh, this slide very quickly. I mentioned the loss or theft of mobile devices is no longer at the top of the list. You see, look, the focus is shifting here. Uh, malware, uh, even though uh, it still remains relatively low globally, still an interest in uh, malware and mobile devices or malicious applications, so to speak. Uh, malicious apps, data loss uh, associated with uh, apps that are, uh, that are taking up uh, uh, or sucking in, I guess, too much uh, uh, data uh, from individuals, and, and that also includes some corporate data in some instances. Um, that's because of the shift that, that uh, I've been talking about away from uh, securing the device and on to uh, reducing risks associated with uh, mobile apps and applying data protection uh, where it's uh, needed most uh, at the application layer. Um, and it's all about you know, allocating security to protect uh, the data uh, that's most at risk. And so what's causing the uh, rising attack surface uh, of mobile devices? Uh, one is uh, synchronization. Look, employees are inc increasingly connected to SaaS-based services. They're authenticating to them uh, using their mobile devices, and this is all for, uh, for a variety of reasons. These SaaS uh, uh, solutions provide uh, communication and collaboration, and in, in some cases, um, the services are being used without the knowledge of IT security. Um, healthcare is also a big driver, and I mentioned manufacturing uh, before and indu industrial processes. Uh, you know, gaining some sensor technology associated with the Internet of Things. But, but now we're, we're seeing healthcare organizations uh, use tablets uh, uh, and have more uh, interconnected uh, medical devices. Um, these uh, uh, devices are connected to back-end resources, uh, analytics, big data repositories. Uh, and in some cases, uh, penetration testers tell me that uh, very little monitoring going on of these devices and of the uh, mobile devices in use in, at healthcare facilities, uh, and they're lacking other controls such as uh, you know, segmenting them uh, from systems supporting business operations. So uh, it, it all results in a heck of, of an opportunity for uh, for criminal groups, and, and it could be one of the reasons why we're seeing so many uh, healthcare breaches out there. Um, the opportunity is there for the, uh, the financially motivated uh, criminal, for sure. Uh, wireless signals are everywhere. Um, it's been a long-standing uh, knowledge and, uh, that uh, Wi-Fi, open Wi-Fi, uh, is a significant risk. Now mobile devices are, are being used uh, to connect to Wi-Fi to make phone calls, and that means that uh, some employees may just have uh, their uh, wireless, uh, their device connected to uh, uh, seeking out open wireless access points and connecting to them uh, auto automatically. And, uh, of course, this opens up uh, devices up to man-in-the-middle attacks, um, which uh, enables uh, an attacker to eavesdrop on communications, even steal account credentials, and uh, even manipulate files uh, without the employee's knowledge. Um, it's been done on the PC, and it's, uh, it's also being done on uh, mobile devices. Um, 
and uh, and we're starting to see more mobile browser attacks. So uh, you know, criminals have been successful uh, bypassing the underlying security controls uh, built into iOS and Android devices. Um, mainly by exploiting operating system vulnerabilities, or they, they identify and they exploit an application flaw to get, a, to get around or bypass uh, some of the, uh, the internal security uh, functions that are built into these modern operating systems. Um, here are some examples of the threats that we've seen in the last year or so. Uh, you've probably heard about stage fright. This was uh, the, widely, uh, 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 the widespread Android video processing vulnerability. Um, this is the kind of threat that it, that's used to bypass those embedded uh, security capabilities in most operating systems. And um, I think that it highlights uh, the idea here that uh, applying security patches is, uh, has been an issue on uh, PCs, and uh, it can, it's even a bigger issue on mobile devices because it's such a fragmented ecosystem. Um, and uh, we know that 30% of Android users still haven't even applied the, uh, the stage fright path, uh, patch. Uh, which has been uh, available now uh, for uh, for many 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 uh, months. Uh, mobile remote access trojans, these mobile rats as they call them, uh, look they're highly sophisticated in nature, um, but uh, we're starting to see them uh, in not only in uh, nation state uh, driven uh, targeted attacks, uh, but in financially motivated attacks. That means we're starting to see them more widespread and uh, target uh, more uh, organizations. Uh, it's used in uh, commercial and industrial espionage campaigns. Um, it, it could be about stealing valuable intellectual property, uh, and it, or it, it could be as uh, as uh, many of the uh, the MRATs are uh, just a uh, eavesdropping or spying on uh, political dissidents and organizations that may uh, support them. Uh, but we know that it's growing into other industries uh, as well. Uh, energy is is one of them uh, that comes to mind. Uh, the energy sector, uh, the gaming uh, organizations in the gaming industry. Um, almost everyone thinks of Android uh, as being uh, the most vulnerable, uh, but Apple iOS devices are definitely not immune. Um, one, is, uh, one example of that is the iOS sidestepper you see here. Uh, and this really gave the ability of an attacker to hijack iPhones or iPads um, tied to mobile device management platforms. and. Uh, this attack basically evades uh, restrictions uh, set by uh, by Apple to install malicious enterprise apps on uh, iPhone and iPad devices. Uh, and finally, we know that Google uh, and Apple both scan apps before uh, they uh, go into the App Store, but I think that Viking Horde is a good example of uh, how uh, attackers have gotten, have gotten savvy enough to, uh, to get some uh, applications, uh, mobile applications, into the... Uh, into these uh, marketplaces, uh, uh, bypassing or uh, just uh, uh, not being detected uh, by the uh, the scans that Apple and Google uh, employ, um, and, uh, and Viking actually turns some devices uh, into a, a broader botnet that's used to you know to deliver a, a variety of attack campaigns. And so I'm going to leave you with a. Uh, with an exercise here that uh, is, I think, is very important. This, the, with all these threats, you know, you have to figure out how the true risk, uh, uh, how to apply security to the true risk that they pose uh, against uh, enterprise employees and the uh, the data that you're trying to protect. And um, you know, um, 
the, the first you begin with uh, the control objectives. And uh, in this case, it's all about the CIA triad. Um, the CIA triad is uh, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. It really, the, uh, the widely accepted objectives of uh, information security. And you may need to further expand those objectives or uh, control objectives to include other areas of significant uh, interest to mobile. Um, but start with confidentiality, integrity, and availability. And then, you know, you move on to uh, uh, tying those security objectives to security controls that are in place to support them. Um, and you ask questions um, to uh, explore and identify attacker opportunity. And, and some of those questions can be as simple as, can an attacker intercept traffic? Um, can an attacker modify device components or disrupt device uh, functionality? Um, and um, the actual threat modeling exercise, it begins by answering those questions and then determining the probability of a successful attack and the potential impact on the employee and, and on business operations. And, um, you know, this uh, uh, exercise uh, gets very specific to the use case you are ass assessing. So you have to ask the right questions, uh, such as, uh, for example, you know, a mobile app containing schematics uh, designed to support an industrial machinery engineer who diagnoses problems on uh, uh, a uh, on a uh, uh, a workplace uh, uh, show floor uh, uh, for uh, industrial machinery. Um, if they're using a mobile device, you have to ask specific questions uh, about their processes uh, and uh, what you're trying to protect. Uh, ultimately, once you gauge the risks uh, by going through this threat modeling exercise and this risk assessment, um, you identify the gaps um, that you need to uh, uh, further assess, and then you update policies, you apply the enforcement controls to clo those, close those gaps, and of course, uh, with anything, it's easier said than done, and I know that uh, the process actually uh, can be uh, a very, uh, very comprehensive and difficult. And with that, uh, um, I'm going to end my portion uh, and turn it back over to Aaron, uh, who uh, will introduce the, uh, the next poll question and uh, also introduce our next speaker from Checkpoint. Thanks very much, Rob. Some, some very useful and I think really critical information for, for understanding where we're at. Our next poll is pretty simple. It's... Uh, are your employees trained on mobile security best practices? Yes, we train our employees about mobile security. We provide company policies about mobile security, but no specific training. No, we don't provide mobile security training or guidelines, or you're not sure. Uh, clearly, this has become an area of great focus. You know, I hear from many of the IT professionals I talk to, particularly those in the mobility area, that there's a huge need for you know making people aware and with so many, you know, social engineered attacked with some of the spear phishing, that it it clearly is a case where we have to be, I think, more uh, on guard than ever before, and uh, something that I think is uh, certainly, I'm sure, a, a, an issue for our audience today. And <clears throat> to look at those results, uh, I'm going to click to those, and then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I also want to introduce our next speaker, Michael Shalov. Michael, it seems to me that uh, there's still a lot of room to go here. Um, only about 22% uh, of our audience actually is, is training people, although a great number are providing guidelines. But, uh, you know, it seems to me that there's a, a need to, to take the next step, and I'm going to turn it over to you so we can talk about that. Yeah, sure. Thank you. 
So, um, yeah, definitely there is a lot of room for improvement. Clearly, we are uh, in the inception of uh, basically protecting mobile devices and uh, also educated employees on uh, how they should behave uh, with their mobile devices, with their rather whatever if, if those are devices are personal or uh, corporate devices. Um, and clearly, some of the things that we need to explain them is that basically uh, they are exposed everywhere. So almost every activity they do with their mobile device uh, can be used as a vector. And uh, the reason is that there are primarily three main vectors of attack on mobile devices. Uh, the first one and the most predominant one those days is basically mobile applications. So uh, as was as uh, Robert mentioned earlier, most of the uh, uh, attacks right now are either being packaged within applications that user thinks they are legit or uh, those are legit applications are being pirated and reposted uh, and they have a malware embedded in them and that's basically the, the primary attack vector. Clearly, uh, open uh, Wi-Fi networks and even carrier networks can be used as a as a um, as a man in the middle attack uh, facility, and uh, the traffic can be intercepted over there, or uh, some sort of exploit can be uh, delivered using uh, when the mobile device is connected to one of those networks. And if I already discussed about exploits, so exploits because mobile devices are fundamentally just a computer with an operating system, whatever it's uh, Android or iOS. Uh, and every operating system has vulnerabilities, uh, they are susceptible to exploits. And some of those exploits can basically remotely infect a device, like stage fright. Uh, some of those exploits uh, are actually used to uh, uh, gain elevated privileges for an application that was already installed on the device and basically defeat encryption and things like that. So clearly, uh, the range of uh, cyber activity, uh, offensive cyber activity on mobile device is quite wide, and uh, there are different uh, adversaries which are basically uh, using mobile devices uh, to gain uh, uh, what they need to gain. Uh, and I would say, like you know, that uh, there is a lot of cyber crime going on. Usually, they try to conduct uh, some kind of fraud, steal money, uh, uh, but also uh, there are. Uh, criminal groups or individuals which are basically leveraging mobile devices in order to conduct cyber espionage and, and specifically target or organizations or enterprises. So if you actually follow the risk modeling that uh, Robert presented earlier, you will basically uh, 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 figure out that the assets that you really care about are the corporate assets on the mobile device, uh, whether those emails, applications, third-party applications, or in, in, internal applications that you develop, and you basically allow your employees to download and interact with your business applications, such as CRM systems, ERP systems, uh, finance, finance systems, uh, and so, so on. And clearly, also, if you provide access to uh, either internal assets or even SaaS applications like Salesforce or Box, uh, users will normally need to uh, enter credentials, username and password, into the uh, mobile browser and mobile applications. And those credentials can be uh, stolen by a mobile malware which uh, resides on the device. Now, again, 
while mobile malware or the other attacks can basically uh, capture emails, application data, credentials, and sort of the traditional assets that we will refer to them as the traditional data assets that we uh, were trying to secure uh, when, they, when we had our employees interacting with laptops or desktops inside our network, Mobile devices also packed with uh, some powerful sensors. So uh, mobile devices, they have a very strong or very uh, high-quality microphone, a quite high-quality camera, and GPS. Now, uh, cyber criminals are also leveraging those sensors to actually conduct a new type of cyber espionage activity where, for example, one of your key employees, a director, an executive is going into a meeting, his phone is infected, and actually the cyber criminals can tap into that meeting and eavesdrop to everything which is being said over there and basically capture the whole meeting remotely without putting any bug below the table uh, of that boardroom. So this is, uh, again, like a new, uh, a new dimension or, or basically a new uh, capability that uh, the cyber criminals now have with mobile devices. And I think, you know, we need to think about it as not only a um, data security problem, but actually information security problem, and not only to think about it as an as a, um, enterprise security problem, but we actually need to think about it as a holistic problem of securing both the enterprise and the employee as individual. So, you know, go, going a little bit more, sp being more specific about some of the things that we're seeing today, uh, again, uh, some of those things Robert already discussed, uh, there is basically a quite sophisticated type of malware those days, specifically targeting Android devices. So, for example, over the last uh, uh, four months, we here at Checkpoint, we've detected a couple of new un unknown families uh, like Hummingbird, which actually our most recent statistics shows that there is more than 10 million devices worldwide infected with this type of malware. The really unique thing about this malware is that basically once it's installed on the device, it brings uh, some very uh, sophisticated capabilities to exploit the device, install a rootkit, and basically allow a, a, a privileged access remotely to the device. And another example is actually Viking Horde that uh, uh, putting aside the really sophisticated persistency mechanism, which basically prohibits the user from uninstalling the app, it actually serves as a proxy for the, for the cyber criminals. So once this malware is installed on the device, the, uh, the cyber criminals can actually proxy through the device. Now imagine that that device is actually connected to your corporate Wi-Fi, okay, like an employee was infected, he connects with his device to your corporate Wi-Fi. Now uh, the cyber criminals, they actually have a foot in your network, inside of your network, and they're basically proxying inside of your network with an authenticated device. Pretty powerful. Now, again, looking on the iOS uh, ecosystem, which is clearly slightly more secure than Android, and clearly iOS is a much is a more secure uh, platform, but still iOS has some uh, inherent vulnerabilities, and also there are ways to introduce malware into that ecosystem. So probably the most uh, famous uh, incident is the Xcode Ghost, where uh, cyber criminals actually were able to bridge the official iOS app store and introduce about 1,000 infected apps. They actually didn't introduce those apps, but they piggybacked on the very popular apps and infected them when they were uploaded to the app store. 
Now, the situation was that in September, when Apple discovered that, uh, they actually uh, uh, cleaned up the App Store. So they removed all the infected apps from the App Store almost immediately. But while they removed the infected apps from the App Store, they couldn't pull down or basically remove the infected apps from the iOS devices. And what you see at the bottom of this uh, slide is actually a, a telemetry that we collect here, a checkpoint from a, a sensors that we have uh, in some of our uh, firewalls, basically customers that are uh, opt-in for uh, reporting analytics to us. Uh, and using our anti-bot technology, we can see that within corporate networks, there are still tens of thousands of devices which are still infected with the Xcode ghost malware because uh, there is no visibility for the IT administrator nor the user to understand that the device actually uh, is installed with an old uh, version uh, of an app that is still infected with the Xcode ghost. So clearly visibility and, uh, and the threat intelligence is key uh, to tackle this issue. Now, this is not very, this is not new, but, uh, you know, in order to understand if you actually have that visibility, threat intelligence, and all the other advanced measures that you need to get to, to fight back, you need to understand, uh, what you actually have in terms of your architecture. And I think most of the, uh, companies those days, they actually took some steps to, uh, introduce mobility in a safer way. And usually companies are using either a mobile device management tool or a secure container technology. So a mobile device management tool is something which allows you to manage the devices. Uh, most of the MDM players are actually good partners of ours. And uh, it's great. It, those are great tools to manage the devices, to provision them, to enable the configuration. And mostly from a security standpoint, you can actually enforce static, a static policy. Now, the problem with static policy is that it's not dynamic. It doesn't change and it, doesn't, it, it cannot change uh, because the risk po posture of the device suddenly changes. So the po policy, for example, encryption or, on pi or pin lock that you uh, set on day one, if uh, after one month a mobile device is being infected with a malware, the MDM will not react to that. The policy will stay the same. The mobile device will still have access to your corporate assets. So as we can understand, MDM, well, being a great tool, doesn't solve the problem. What about secure containers? Um, here at Checkpoint, we have a great secure container. If you're not using a secure container, you are more than uh, – uh, we, we encourage you to actually look in our uh, capsule workspace uh, product, which basically provides you the ability to separate between the personal and corporate environment. Basically, you have an app where all the corporate information uh, and application uh, reside, and that information is secure. The data from that uh, application is uh, secure. Uh, but does it solve the malware problem? And the answer is no, because again, the, this technology uh, is unaware of the general posture of the device, general security posture of the device, and specifically if there is a malware or malicious activity on that device. Now clearly a malware, if it's able to elevate its privileges and uh, run some kind of exploit, it can, uh, it can uh, bypass that secure container and steal the corporate information. Now, why secure container is important? Because it actually provides us DLP policies. We can remotely wipe uh, the corporate uh, part of the device. Uh, we can make sure that the user will not take his uh, will not take his uh, uh, corporate uh, uh, files and put them in a Dropbox. And those are 
generally the use cases. So secure containers are great to protect the corporate data from the user, but they are not extremely uh, useful to protect the corporate data from cyber criminals. Now, in order to deal with the cyber criminals, we need to look on detection and mitigation technologies. So clearly we have the uh, all good antivirus or app reputation technologies that are able to provide us security against or detection against the known threats. But unfortunately, uh, known threats are, uh, are not extremely valuable because cyber criminals, they have enough tools today that, today that in a click of a button, they can change the uh, uh, the signature of the malware that they just developed. So they can create uh, tons of polymorphic malware that the antiv antivirus technologies uh, cannot contain or cannot react quickly enough. And for that, we basically need to have a technology that is able to detect the unknown and the zero-day threats. And for that, we basically invented and built the mobile threat prevention uh, platform that allows us to provide uh, security and detection for uh, unknown zero-day uh, mobile malware for Android and iOS and uh, basically detect man-in-the-middle attacks and exploits. So I'll, I'll quickly explain uh, what we have in our platform. Uh, so first of all, the platform is able to both uh, detect the threat and mitigate the threat. And as I've mentioned, we work on all the three vectors, application, network, and exploits, and operating system vulnerabilities. Now, not only that we provide, we cover all those vectors across Android and iOS, we also have uh, the best mobile threat catch rate in terms of the, our detection capabilities and false positive capabilities uh, when we uh, discover new malware. In addition, because of the way that we do uh, the detection, because it's behavioral-based detection, we are also are able to provide you full visibility. So you have a full forensic report that shows you what the, the malware is capable of doing, what information it's trying to steal, where that information is being sent, information which is super uh, useful for incident response and, uh, and uh, security uh, operations. And, and uh, last but not least, the fact that the solution is very simple uh, to manage. It's usually consumed as cloud-based, although we're also able to provide uh, encrypted on-prem. Uh, it's, uh, it's very simple to deploy, very simple to roll, roll out. Uh, uh, the impact on the user usability is very, very minimal, and usually we have a very high acceptance of users to the product. Now, also quickly explain how the product works from an architecture standpoint. Uh, so uh, we basically push an app to a mobile device. The app exists for Android and iOS. Uh, that app is, can be provisioned either using our console or using uh, the MDM uh, uh, partners that we work with, Mobile Iron, AirWatch, IBM S360, and uh, BlackBerry is coming in the next quarter. And once the application is being installed on the mobile device, it is running in the background, it collects telemetry on the installed application, the network that you're connecting to, and the configuration and the posture of the operating system. And basically, some of that information is being real-time analyzed on the device to detect if there is an attack. And for example, for applications, which that's, the most that's where you need to apply the most sophisticated analysis, that analysis is being offloaded to, the, to our cloud, to our behavioral risk engine, where we develop the proprietary technology to both emulate and to uh, do advanced static code flow analysis and also uh, uh, apply uh, indication of compromise comparison and big data on those applications. 
And from all that information, we're basically creating a real-time risk score for the device. That risk score is basically uh, fed uh, into our uh, remediation process, so you both can see all the analytics on the dashboard, which is provided to you, a very risk dashboard that shows you all the risks, according, and including the forensics information. And also, when we detect the device is compromised, we uh, send that information not only to the user and to you and to the security operation uh, uh, using our integration with the SIM system, but also we can integrate with with the MDM players and basically tell them that the device is compromised, and then they can change their static policy uh, that was applied to the device. So basically, instead of being just a, a, a static policy uh, solution, we actually bring this intelligence into the MDM, into the solution that you already invested, and uh, upon detection, the MDM will actually block the access of the corporate of the sorry, it will block the access of the uh, mobile device into the corporate assets. So with that, I'll uh, pass back to Aaron to discuss uh, the uh, another poll questions. All right, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Michael. Um, last poll question, what group within your organization is responsible for securing mobile devices and data? Is it IT, security, mobility, a combination of groups, nobody, or I'm not sure? So if we could uh, answer that poll, and while we're answering the poll, I'm going to get to our first Q&A question, just because I think it's a, a great way to do this. Um, question here, and this one's from Jeff, is as a user of a mobile device, can I consider myself less exposed to threats by using only my carrier's cellular network? So, so answer that. Um, generally speaking, the cellular network is usually more secure as long as you connect to your uh, home cellular network and you're not traveling to countries where you are uh, definitely the target. Uh, but uh, um, it's not 100% secure. It's also possible to uh, conduct a man-to-mill attack on your carrier solar network using what we call fake base stations. So basically, uh, someone can come with what we call a suitcase and, and hijack your solar communication and conduct the same type of interception that he can conduct with a Wi-Fi. It's, it's a little bit more high-end attacks, but they do exist. All right, thanks very much. I'm going to get to our poll question results, you know, who's involved in, not unsurprisingly, IT is pretty, uh, pretty much the go-to, but, uh, you know, there are a fair number of people that do have a combination of groups. So let's continue with our Q&A because I think there's more good questions here. Um, a question I'm going to throw to both of you, and this one's from uh, Rachel. If data is encrypted end-to-end -end and on the device, what's the concern? Any data that's exfiltrated would be safe, right? This is uh, this is Rob, uh, and you know it, it, it's it, that's absolutely not correct because uh, we know there's there's two uh, two reasons uh, that uh, that uh, makes or two weaknesses really that uh, makes end-to-end -end encryption uh, not necessarily uh, a panacea, and that's uh, one is that, that an attacker could uh, execute a man-in-the-middle attack. Um, Especially if he obtains one of the public keys uh, used with end-to-end -end encryption, uh, and then and then simply the other is uh, if uh, the uh, the mobile device is compromised uh, in some way, the attacker can uh, can simply see the messages uh, before uh, they're uh, encrypted or decrypted. At some point, those messages need to be uh, decrypted, 
uh, and that is what the uh, the attacker uh, typically uh, uh, targets that uh, decryption point. Michael, you agree with that? Yeah, I mean that's definitely accurate. Uh, actually, we presented uh, exactly this attack on uh, one of the leading secure containers back in uh, Black Hat 2013. So you can actually search on YouTube uh, practical attacks against MDM. You'll see that live. Well, not live, but recorded. Oh, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely uh, recorded there. Um, unless you guys have perfected time travel, then that would be even bigger news. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> um, next question, this one from Larry, actually on the MDM kind of front. Can you explain the difference between mobile threat prevention and the security capabilities of an MDM? Aren't they the same? So this is Michael. Uh, so as I've uh, actually uh, highlighted previously, MDMs are usually they provide a static policy enforcement. So for, with MDMs, what you can do is basically enforce pin lock, uh, make sure that the device is encrypted. Uh, I would say like the only overlapping uh, capability is usually jailbreak detection, and there is even even there there are some advantages in MTP solutions, but clearly. What MTP provides that MDM does not have is the ability in uh, real time or near real time to detect uh, advanced uh, malware, unknown malware, uh, known malware, those, those kinds of attacks that MDM are basically blind to. Uh, we have the capability to detect uh, man the mail attacks where you connect to a Wi-Fi and clearly provide uh, vulnerability and exploit uh, assessment and detection. All right. Um, Question here from Anil. Uh, the recent Verizon security report says that malware in mobile devices isn't a problem. Is Verizon wrong, or are they whistling in the dark? Oh, Probably this is uh, this is Rob here, and uh, it, you know it really gets back to uh, what I mentioned in in my presentation, which is um, that lack of visibility into uh, mobile devices and and how attackers are uh, leveraging them um, to gain account credentials and uh, it's it's very possible that uh, uh, mobile devices have been used uh, in various security incidents or associated with various security incidents and, and we simply just do not know um, I've talked to a number of uh, uh, digital forensics investigators that, that uh, say that uh, uh, a lot of uh, the or many enterprises that they go into following a data breach uh, and uh, and trace the scope of an attack uh, that that they they uh, ultimately just lack that visibility and um, there's uh, there's almost no way uh, to to really connect uh, um, you know a device that uh, that really uh, you know hasn't been uh, been properly uh, uh, allocated any uh, any any security uh, functionality uh, from the uh, the IT team, uh, or very little security functionality, and uh, so that lack of visibility could really play in uh, to the reason why some reports show that uh, mobile may not be involved with uh, with data breaches. Michael, is there are there, are there other reasons uh, beyond that? No, I would you know that's uh, uh, I would say like you know that uh, what you know what Verizon published is quite. Uh, it's a mystery, you know, the way that we, they put it, but clearly it, it has to do with the fact that there is lack of visibility. And clearly because Verizon is actually a mobile, uh, it's a mobile carrier, then they only see things uh, at the network level where it's harder to uh, observe those things. And I would say that generally speaking, uh, like as an, 
you know, with an endpoint presence like uh, the MTP solutions, we clearly see infection rates in the mag. Like let's say on Android devices, we see infection rates in the magnitude of, you know, half a percent to two percent in a typical organization, which is uh, almost on par with what you will find as a, a desktop infection. So it's substantial. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Um, that's the right. council. Uh, question here from Ahmed. Can we detect attacks coming from mobile device to cloud servers? Is there any visibility for those kinds of attacks? Yes, it's Michael. I'll answer that. Um, there are two ways to detect those attacks. Um, you, can, you can try to detect them on the device, and you can try to detect them on the, on, on the cloud server. Um, you know, on the device, yes. I mean, again, with the with the capabilities of uh, the various MTP solution, our MTP solution, we can clearly be able to detect that the mobile device is used uh, to either uh, steal uh, cloud service uh, credentials or, uh, as a, for example, a botnet uh, to conduct uh, a brute force or DDoS attack on cloud service. Actually, Viking Horde is a good example for for this kind of. Uh, capability. Uh, clearly, you can also use other technologies like uh, CASB technologies to harden your your uh, uh, cloud server uh, and make sure that there is, uh, and basically provide better monitoring of access to the cloud service. All right. And uh, we have a question here from Philip, and I, I love this, the, the iOS is sacrosanct question, which is, we only allow iOS devices, and my employees only download apps on iOS or from our enterprise store, so why should I be concerned? And I think uh, we need to talk about that, because that's one of the great urban myths of mobile security. Yeah, that's right. We've, we actually saw uh, an attack uh, uh, recently that uh, involved uh, um, iOS devices, and um, I think it was a, a, a vulnerability that was uh, potentially exploited. And, uh, um, uh, and Michael, I believe uh, uh, Checkpoint actually discovered that uh, that particular vulnerability associated with iOS and uh, mobile device management platforms. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, this is sidestep uh, vulnerability, which basically it, it actually goes to a broader issue that uh, exists with uh, with uh, with iOS devices. So usually there are Three main way, main ways to introduce malware to mobile to iOS devices. One is jailbroken devices, which is not extremely interested, interesting from an enterprise standpoint. But the other two are for non-jailbroken uh, iOS devices, and the most predominant vector was uh, introdu introducing malware using a stolen or fraudulently accessed uh, enterprise certificates. Uh, where you can basically sideload the malware to iOS device without going through the App Store. Many attacks, like the mask attack, Wirelooker, uh, Pondstorm attacks, were using that mechanism. Now, Apple tried to close that gap in iOS 9, but basically Sidestepper uh, is a, a vulnerability that we discovered that showed that uh, there is an architectural flow uh, which prevents uh, from 100% closing that gap and that those attacks are still valid. Uh, and clearly the last type of the last way to do that is like Xcode Ghost, which is probably the most powerful and it's just like to introduce a malware into the iOS app store. All right. Well, 
gentlemen, I'd like to thank you very much. This has just uh, been an incredible event. Um, and before we go, there is a survey that you can take that we think you'd uh, get a lot of interest from, and uh, we'd appreciate your answers. I want to thank our sponsor today, Checkpoint, because without them we don't get to give this great event. And I certainly want to thank our speakers, Michael and Rob, for just doing a great job. And before you go, don't forget to download the slides. Great information on these slides. It's a valuable asset. Take advantage of that. With that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. We truly appreciate the fact that you make us part of your busy day. So for IDG, this is Aaron Goldberg signing off. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to our virtual event today. This is Aaron Goldberg. I'm a contributing editor for IDG, and I'll be your moderator today. And we're going to talk about how to keep mobile threats at bay. As mobile devices proliferate and become more powerful, the need to truly secure these devices against a range of existing and emerging threats has taken center stage. A recent IDC survey shows that nearly half of all organizations have experienced compliance